me tell you about Anchor by Spotify, which is the easiest way to make a podcast and the app that I use to make this podcast, Five Blue Firefighter. It's everything you need all in one place. First, Anchor has all the tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. If you host off Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and many others. Everything you need all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. Welcome to another episode of the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. For this episode, I have a special guest, Andy Clark of 911 Lifestyle. She's going to come on today and talk about her company, talk about burnout, and help first responders just like we do, just kind of like what's in the book with the Five Tool Firefighter with talking about mindset. This is just another aspect of it to help everyone become the best version of themselves they could be as a firefighter and as a person. So, Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, before we start, uh, just people listening out there, a little brief introduction of who you are, and then we'll get into talking about your company and what you guys Okay. Are. So should we get the bad stuff out of the way first? My husband's a cop. So <laughs> we can have all the jokes you want about cops and firefighters, but yeah, my husband's a cop and um, we live in one of the biggest cities in Toronto, in Canada for as far as like being a really large, busy service. So um I get to see firsthand what a lot of that does, all the shifts, all the schedules, all of the plan Bs and things that we need to have in our family life. Um, and then you would normally think that I started this because of my husband, but I didn't. I actually started doing this because I experienced burnout. My background actually, it's been uh, 27 years that I was a uh, personal trainer and nutrition coach. And for a lot of that time in there, I couldn't work out. I couldn't push. I couldn't push through workouts. All of my tools in everything with, with exercise, with nutrition, none of that um, stopped me from that absolute exhaustion where you are not recovering in your sleep. You're waking up so exhausted. You're having to push through your day your um, short fuse where we often find that that happens uh, at home. We named mine Medusa where my husband didn't know some days where he would look at me and if I would be just my calm, normal, happy self, or if somebody else would almost be there, that Medusa who would just yell at him for anything and the kids, like getting short with the kids. the brain fog, not being able to focus. So we see a lot of this with the responders and their brain fog, um, decreased ability to fill out their reports, not being able to work out again, injuries taking them out or the motivation and drive, the decrease of wanting to um, do things they used to love to do, all the hunting, the fishing, um, the working out. I mean, in my life is being active. Just like, I mean, fire guys, there's no way that you can be fire carrying about a hundred pounds of gear and not be active, like, and not, not have that drive in you to want to be healthy and want to be active. But when you get to a certain point of burnout, you can't do it anymore, even when your mind's telling you that it can. So that is where it actually happened with me. And then I found out that some of my husband's colleagues were struggling like I was. Um, and this was in 2018. So I started helping his colleagues and it kind of snowballed that now I work with the physical side of burnout, not, um, not the therapy side. I work all on the physical body side, uh, beyond exercise and nutrition with first responders, North America, UK, Australia, um, just snowballed everywhere. Um, cause all of you guys are in need of this. It's definitely something that um, affects us in different ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that you've mentioned earlier when you first started talking about about sleep, a- 
active lifestyle. And you start to see, is those things the areas that are causing us to burn out, which get us frustrated with our work and our family life and everything else. And that was kind of how I kind of want to start this off was, what is the, a lot of the primary areas that you're seeing as a common theme that is causing majority of first responders to have burnout? Is it the job or is it something on the side, a secondary job? Um, well, it's fascinating when you look at some of the stats because um, traumas don't affect as many. They absolutely affect, it's operational stress. So there's a lot of things operationally that do occur. So, I mean, I've, I've actually always wondered with fire why they are 24 hour shifts nowadays when you are in urban areas that are very busy stations. So when you're having a station that is back-to-back -back calls um, where you don't have any time in that 24 hours to, to unwind, to actually recover and take care of yourself, um, that starts setting you up, especially when a lot of the way that services function is teaching you how to manage yourselves based on a civilian's, you know, circadian rhythms and the way that, that they work. So um, we start seeing a lot of snoring happening, sleep apnea in firehouses. They, there's a lot of jokes that go around about that, that you guys can't even sleep if you tried, right? Um, and then at home, sometimes even sleeping in separate beds. Uh, there's also, there's, there's so much too. Like, so we're looking at operational, we're looking at uh, administrative stressors. As you start working your way up, you have more years in service, you're more burnt out. It's harder to think, it's harder to fill out reports. Things do take you longer and you're now responsible for more and more of your guys. So that adds stress because it's not just your life you're responsible for. And then we also have like all the home stressors. There's, you're gone for 24 minimum. It's only a minimum of 24, you're gone. And, and your spouse is picking up at home everything. And then there's the family guilt. There's the guilt of sleeping when you get home. Like there's so many different factors that above and beyond what we all have in our personal lives the 911 there's there's a lot of different factors that people don't even consider i mean you talk about it a lot you hear you know they talk about taking care of yourself and they talk about make sure you get enough adequate sleep when you're not on shift and how would you because we already touched on sleep and we talked about how sleep apnea and snoring what are some ways you would guide firefighters any first responder for that matter guide them to get back to a normal circadian rhythm when they're on for 24 and they don't have a lot of rest. It's yeah, that's a loaded question. There's actually a lot involved in, in getting that going. Um, the, yeah, how do I answer that? There's so much to that. So there's different pieces to it. Like, so the way that I teach it is there's three different pillars. And so the one pillar is training your resting system. We spend a lot of time training our stress system. Exercise is training you to, to train for stress. Every call you go to, you're in a stressed state. Pretty much being at the station, you're in a stress state because you don't know when something's gonna happen and your body has to be ready to be on alert. So what happens is your nervous system is like a muscle and the more that you work it, the stronger it gets, quicker it is, becomes to react. So your stress nerve, your sympathetic nervous system starts overpowering your vagus resting nerve. And that's when you can't shut it off. That's when you become on alert or anxiety or being hypervigilant. We see either of those where you can't turn it off. You need to have that corner seat of a restaurant or be able to see every single exit. Make sure as soon as you see that, that the whole, you know, that whatever building you're in is, is secured and cleared before you'll actually go in it. That's that nervous system. And when it is in high gear, it actually stays on while you're sleeping. And that's what causes, that's part of the snoring as well. So 
the one piece is making sure that you're actually training your vagus nerve, your resting system. But then there's the two other phases. So you've got the one phase two, which is being 911 shift ready. So being shift ready means that you are training your body to adapt to those circadian rhythms. We do find the 24 hour shifts are easier to adapt because you're either not sleeping pretty much for 24 and then you can go back to a regular day, different than cops where it's 12s um, quite often. And those are hard days and nights shifting. So there's, there's a lot of different strategies. Um, the uh, one, and there's a bunch, but one of them is um, taking magnesium about an hour before you go to sleep, a magnesium biglycinate or theanate, not a magnesium citrate, because that will loosen your bowels. But taking the other magnesium actually starts lowering your um, stress energy hormone. And it sends a signal that then your sleep hormone can kick in. So that's one way we can start playing with it. But there's other, there's a lot of different strategies that come into place with that. So, and this is solely when we're talking about sleep for 911 shifts. Um, and the third category is um, making sure that you are recovering on your days off and able to recover. And we get things like that family guilt coming in. And so um, there's one fire guy that I work with and we were noticing, so I know you wear a whoop band um, and on the whoop band, it tracks your um, HRV. So your HRV is, is when you're breathing faster, your time in between your breaths decreases. And that's you breathe faster when you're in a stress state, when you're calm, it's longer. So the HRV you want, is the time in between your heartbeats. And so you want it to be um, to, to be larger, but what we were finding is he wasn't able to recover. His HRV, um, actually his, his, it would lower while he was on his shifts. He was 24 on 24 off three in a row. And then I think three or four days off. And his, when he would finish his last 24 and go into day one, day two, his HRV actually got worse. And so we started looking at it and we realized that the guilt of that 23, 24s that his spouse was, was um, doing everything around the house, everything with the kids, he felt so guilty coming home and sleeping to recover that he would do everything. He'd try to do all the housework. He would try to, you know, be with their daughter and stuff. And while she was napping, still be doing things instead of take the advantage of napping with her. And he started seeing that these other symptoms were coming, being shorter, taking longer to do his errands. And it was, it, 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 being able to actually track that HRV was super helpful in him seeing that he was, he was less recovered when he was going into his next block of shifts. His sleep wasn't recovering well. So that family guilt and being able to make sure that on your days off, you're doing all the right things so that you are calm with your family, so that you are getting the sleep, you're waking up with a fully charged battery um, is actually happening and you're going into your block of shifts with a higher um, stress tolerance so that you can handle more of what's going on and you're less depleted even before your next block of days off. You had me looking at my whoop when you brought that up. Because that yeah. was one of my questions was, would a whoop strap be very beneficial for, for firefighters, if any first responder, excuse me, firefighter, but any first responder yeah. when trying to track their, their recovery and their sleep? And I, I manage my sleep every day. I look at it. I'm looking at mine right now. And I didn't get a good recovery from my sleep. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, my straining is pretty high, my, my recovery is low, and I take that into consideration, everything that I do, and try to see what's really causing it, and I do check the health monitor, as I'm looking at it right now, yeah. I'm within my range, but there are days where I, I wake up, and my respiratory is up, or my HRV is up, or it's down, what's going on, and then I start thinking about what happened the day before, what happened a couple of days before, that maybe played into the, into what's going on today, or yeah brain fog. I, I've experienced that quite often. I think today I'm feeling a little foggy. Um, mm. Just not really want to do much. And I, you know, people have talked about maybe taking nootropics to help with that, taking stuff like that. Is there things that 
we're talking about going for brain fog and we're talking about sleep and recovery, but brain fog as well. Is there something that you've been talking with first responders about as far as their fogginess in the brain, having trouble remembering things, just getting that day going? Yeah, so it really depends on what's causing that fogginess. Um, and that's where we start looking into that. Um, it is a part of that strain, like you're saying, going down. And yeah, absolutely. Um, we use Whoop and Aura in our program, the Aura Ring, except the Aura Ring for first responders is not the best. It's a titanium ring. So it's not as versatile for, I mean, everything um, that you're doing on the job, whereas the Whoop strap can be worn anywhere. Um, I also do like the strain score on the Whoop band because it takes the strain account of of mental and physical stressors. So um, knowing where your strain was at, and then you can start thinking of what you did. Um, so when you're talking about brain fog, it could be different things. It could be that when you were sleeping, your natural melatonin didn't kick in because your body has no frigging clue when to be sleeping and when to be awake. Um, you may have used alcohol, which is actually not a sleep aid. It's a sedative. So it knocks you out, but it doesn't get your, all of your sleep hormones kicking in. So if you're doing certain things that before bed, where your natural melatonin isn't kicking in, then all of these other hormones that usually heal and repair and remember things can't kick in. And one of those is a hormone that helps with short-term memory. So some of we hear quite often where they'll be in a room talking with their spouse about what they need to do. And they walk out of the room and they forget what the heck they were just supposed to do. Um, and that is, it can be that that hormone wasn't healing and repairing while they're sleeping because they're not able to get into that proper rhythms. Um, then we also get into something, especially, well, it's not even just fire. Um, cause we do this, there's, it, it's with all responders, but the toxins as well. So like we have, um, with your toxin levels, when they do get up, um, that can also cause a lot of brain fog. It can cause the anxiety, depression. Um, it can cause a lot of things off. So if like there's a hair mineral analysis test, that is a great test um, that we do. And um, with that test, it will actually take your hair and it'll find three months of how much toxin has been in your system over the last three months and it does heavy metal toxins. So that's great for fire. We have one fire guy with like horrendous gut issues. And when we did his, he actually was one of the guys that went and investigated after. So he didn't have as much protective gear on as, as well in the fire. Um, and his toxins were through the roof. So working on getting that, that going, the thing though, to understand is when you're not sleeping at night, your body's not detoxing properly as well. So it makes it harder for somebody who's doing 24 hour shifts to detox. And then you're also exposed to certain toxins. So those are different things that we would be considering. Um, there's, there's all kinds of stressors. So figuring out if there's a mental stressor, do you have a child sick? Are you taking care of a parent, financial stressors, um, health issues that come up? as well. So all of these things can start getting brain fog. For me, um, one of my big things is actually synthetic fragrances. Um, so the scents that are in everything. So at a fire station, changing out your soap for a non-toxic soap. So um, situation with me was we had changed all of our soaps in our house to being um, not fragrance-free and non-toxic. And my husband, we ran out and we had a palm olive. So I dumped a couple of drops in the water, instant rage. I felt this, this tenseness down my back. My nose started getting stuffy and my husband and I had been in a, in a completely calm conversation. And all of a sudden I was yelling at him and we both just stopped and looked at each other and we're like, holy crap. And I've found this with some of our responders too, but that they've been noticing that as your body starts getting more and more stressed, you are less able to handle other stressors. So if you're somebody who struggles to go down the soap aisle, or you find that when you go shopping, if you're going down a soap aisle where there's all those fragrant smells um, and you feel more exhausted after, your brain is foggy after, 
um, or you're kind of short with people around you after, then you may be somebody where the synthetic fragrances, the toxins in that are setting you off. So there's so many different factors that can be causing it. And that's where we need to start being aware of what happened before sometimes your whoop stats changed and start really diving into it and looking into it. I never would have thought so for fragrances or any of synthetics. I mean, you know, they're not good, but you didn't think that they could really affect everything else going on in your mm -hmm. life, affect your sleep, affect your, your health, your mental health. So that, that's something that I mean, hope people take away from that is realizing if, if they have a change in their soap or simple as that of any kind, you know, it could affect you in some kind of way, you know, so it's really amazing actually I didn't even think about that I mean, here's something that that could be doing it and you know what about people work working out all the physical physicalities doing all types of physical physical fitness of some sort you see you see it over social media all over all over the place people pushing themselves to the limit all the time is that have a negative or a positive or what type of impact does that have on burnout? Yeah, it depends on where you're at in burnout. So um, basically we kind of think of it as you have a bucket that can hold an amount of stress. When you're working out and your bucket doesn't have a lot of stress in it, which is usually everybody, not it's actually not everybody. It's it's hopefully most people when they start in in your training in order to get into fire. Like you want to be, at your strongest. So we want, you want to be recovering. And if your body can recover from those workouts and then you push again and you recover and you push again, like that's great for your body. You're really training your body to be able to withstand yourself in those stressful situations. But as more and more stress start, starts getting added, more calls, um, larger call volumes, like less as we're getting busier and busier, as our population keeps growing, there's more call volume. And even if the call is cleared, by the time you get to that call, you've already, for fire, you guys have put on, what, 100 pounds of gear? Um, and then you get to that call and it's cleared, but your body doesn't know the difference between that and a HIIT workout. So if you think of a 24-hour shift, every single time you're going to a call, so if it's a busy 24 hours, that is a bunch of HIIT workouts. And if you're doing anything then in between there, that's, that's more happening. So we have to think of what load can your body handle? And we do, we add in tough calls. We add in crap going on at home. You know, we add in, if you are somebody that is sensitive to synthetic fragrances, right? Like, so there's all of these things that we have to take into account where your body burden is. So it's really about understanding can your body recover from this. And that's where exactly one reason why I love the whoop too. So in our program as well, we teach people how to, to use trackers, any tracker. Um, the fire guy I was explaining at the beginning actually had an HRV on his bed mattress. So it doesn't matter what it is. Um, whoop is my preferred personally because of all the data it gives and it's geared towards athletes and you guys are tactical athletes. Um, but being able to see, did I recover? So if you do two workouts in a row and you're finding that your HRV is lowering and not increasing, once you learn where your HRV averages are, then you'll find that, um, oh shit, I need to recover a little bit longer. Or you may also find what I get guys to do is actually track their shifts. So if you are three on, three off, 24 hours in a block of four, track what your HRV is for about like four or five cycles of that. Um, even like without working out, I mean, you can't really go that long with working out, but even, even to try to track it out with minimal, or at least know when you're working out and see how much you recover from your workouts on day one versus your third 24. And you might start noticing patterns. So for cops, um, they might do uh, a block of days and then a block of nights. So different shifts. And they may notice that on a block of days, which actually a lot of them struggled more on days than nights, um, is on a block of days, they may find that by 
by like midway through that block, they can't recover. So that's when they know they need to decrease their workouts. So it's not like a normal civilian where you're like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm hitting it, right? Your job is so, we, ha- we really have to think outside of the box and start first off understanding what is your block of shift, your block, your, your, your block of shifts like, and how do you recover on workouts on each of those blocks? So you kind of even already learn what your baseline is. And then how do you adapt when, you know, a shit show happens, right? When, when you're on one of those really long calls goes into overtime, like how does your body adapt? How many days does it take for you to be able to recover until you can hit it hard in the gym again? That, that makes sense. And I, I really think that there's a lot of people that don't understand that and they just want to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And they push to the point where it's, they're unbearable to be around. They want to, they're just, they're grumpy all the time. They're not happy. And the decision-making that they're, they're providing isn't there. There's no decision-making because they're so burnt out. Right. They're saying they're burnt out, but they don't want to take that time to rest their body, recover their body and try to offer advice to a point where you're just saying, you know what? I can't help you anymore. You know, you need some time off. You need to step away for a little bit from whatever it is. I mean, there are times when I'm in the gym and I'm working out and I just, I'm done. I don't have it. And I just said, you know what? I look at my whoop and I said, well, I didn't recover much, but I want to work out because I want to do something. And maybe this wasn't the best option for me today. Maybe it wasn't the best option to do a HIIT workout or a, a functional fitness style workout. Maybe it was just a recovery day, an active recovery. Maybe I just do some, some dynamic stretching for a little while or take a nice walk or hit the phone roll for a bit, even a little bit of yoga. But there's some people that they just want to keep going until they completely shatter. And I've learned using this whoop and it's crazy how we got down the road of whoop because I did have a question on whoop and we just started getting into it was I've really learned a lot about myself. I learned what my body can handle. I, I use the journal and for people who are listening and do have a whoop or even thinking about getting one, the journal, I, I like a lot. I like knowing how much, I like tracking my water intake a day, like how, much, how many vegetables I'm eating, what vitamins I take. And I see so many different things at the end of the month when you get that monthly performance evaluation or assessment. And you see what's, what went right and what went wrong in those recoveries. So it's a great tool. And I didn't even realize, and I talked before coming on with you today, that it's something you got to you utilize in yeah. helping first responders. Because I'm thinking, why is it we're doing something to really hit that area? But it turns out there are people already taking that initiative. And utilizing for what it's what it's worth, and it's a great thing. There, there are times I'll, I'll come back and I look at my phone in the engine and I say, my whoop will go off. It'll say you we've tracked that you did a certain workout. I do that. Oh, I was just doing an hour and a half of physical training at the firehouse. We were practicing bailouts. Well, I noticed that my my strain was at 19.1. Yeah. And I had no, I, I didn't turn it on. I just decided to just wear it and just monitor my heart rate and everything else. Turned out it was monitoring it for me. And it knew I was doing something out of the ordinary for that day. For the yeah. And so just for those that are listening, a 19 is out of 20. So a strain score is out of 20. And if you actually listen to the Whoop podcast, um, they interview, so they've interviewed um, a NASCAR driver that on a race, like after a race, he's out of 20. Um, Football players on game day, they're out of 20, right? So if you think, okay, like you guys are tactical athletes, that sometimes because these things are just part of your job, you know, and you just love them and, and they're just what you have to do. We don't think all the time that this is a tactical workout and if you're getting a 19 strain on something that is like a, you know, game day football game. That is like a, like doing a race in a NASCAR. And and, I mean, their stress levels are through the roof, but we're spending so much time. And we, and I think we do have to flip that switch of exercise a lot in, in getting to understand that exercise, if it's training your stress system, first off, 
Do you need to be training your stress system more that day? And what are you doing to train your resting system? That's true. I mean, wow. Yeah. What, what I actually, me personally, I actually been using a red light therapy machine. Uh, we have a red light. Yes. On a blanket here. Yeah. Purchased one a couple months ago and I love it. It's actually helping me sleep. And I don't know why I, I didn't think it did. I was using it more for recovery, but I noticed the days I use it at night, as opposed to early in the morning, I sleep like a rock. Yeah. And I'm, I'm tired. I only do it for five minutes. I don't sometimes put on the laser, the, um, the near infrared laser part. I just put on the red light and, uh, I'm tired. I'm really tired. And that'll be after a long day or just, I just feel like using it at night. I forgot. And is that something that is beneficial as well for, for sleep recovery? Absolutely. So my husband during the trucker rally um, did 37 days straight Jeez. with his overtime. It equaled out to 18 hour days. And um, some of them were like, he did a 36 and a 20 in there. So it wasn't all, it wasn't all 18s, but according to all of his overtime, it was 18 hours on average. And so when he would come home, I would have all of his supplements in order to be supporting his stress system, things that he wasn't getting. Everything was like, we had it all, all the tools done, but that we did, we have a, a sauna blanket, a red infrared sauna blanket. And he would do five minutes of that um, every day. And that was a piece of his recovery. Cause I'm like, well, you're not going to be getting enough sleep in order to be able to recover. <laughs> so um, we need to enhance your recovery at this moment for, for what, was being asked of him and he was sitting in the mix. So the mic is the major incident command center. So he's sitting there in front of screens. Um, he's not physically doing something, but it's, it's a stress. It's a different stress still. So it's not like his body needed to physically, but it, it did, it helped him recover. Um, cause the stress is a stress your body doesn't know the difference. Um, not being able to get enough sleep where his body couldn't detox the infrared sauna blanket helps with some of that detoxing. Um, so there were, there were so many components of that blanket. Now, that being said with having the whoop, this is what I love about the whoop as well is you can try things. So like with alcohol, I'm not anti-alcohol, but, um, check and see what it does for you. What are your strain scores the next day after you've drank? How much, like, when did you drink before bed? Like if you are on a day off and you're having a drink, um, let's say you go to bed at 10 what happens when you have a drink at nine? What happens when you have a drink at six? Like play around with it. That's what I like about the whoop is you can play with it and learn your body. You may be good with having a drink at, at dinner. You may be good with having a drink at eight and your sleep still stays the same. Or you may learn that it totally sucks um, for you, but then you know that you can make that decision in the future of being like, okay, this is gonna totally zap my recovery score. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. So that's cool. I'm fine with that. I can just pull out all my tools tomorrow, or this is going to zap my recovery scores and I have to be on shift and alert. I better not do this tonight. So it really does help you make decisions because you're seeing it. We're really good at lying to ourselves and telling us that, you know, we're getting enough sleep. No, this doesn't bother me. That once you actually are getting that whoop data and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, I didn't get into any REM sleep. I got no deep. So deep sleep is the one that heals your body, your muscles. REM sleep is what your body remembers things. So either muscle memory from things that you did. So all of the training you're doing, it's reinforcing that. Um, it's how you process calls. It's how you process any mental traumas or learn new things and remember things. So you can find out if your brain fog is getting bad, you're like, and your REM sleeps down, you know why? I actually felt um, lost the other night. I, I misplaced my whoop. I took it off for a minute. I didn't know where I put it. So, and I couldn't sleep. I said, I said to my wife, I said, I can't find my whoop. She's like, yeah, it's not on your wrist. I said, I don't know where it is. I was up for an hour. I was up up to like midnight trying to find this i gave up and i was like just give up and it turns out it was in my son's room it was mm -hmm. hidden in there i dropped it but it really does keep you on such a regimen of knowing yourself that you miss one day you're kind of like man i missed the whole thing of sleep so i, I try to remember what time i went to sleep as opposed to what time i woke up try to journal it 
but it, it didn't, it just didn't work right. And I, I really prefer it when it's on you and it's measuring everything, calculating what needs to really be done. But it does play a big part. It's really kind of structured, structured yeah. my life a little bit more. And um, she's like, you're never going to work out that thing. It's, it's a great, a great tool to have for anybody. If I, you know, any, any first responder, it's a great tool. And it doesn't cost much. It's 30 bucks a month for the, for the application. And you learn so much about your body and you know what you can put into it, what not to put into it. And that's the other question. Now, talking about putting stuff into your body. Nutrition, food. There are days where I maybe get lackadaisical on what I eat. And I try not to. I, I try to eat a lot of cleaner foods. There will be days where maybe I'll stop and get a burger, which over the last couple of years, I don't like them. And I've noticed a difference in my mental capabilities and capacity with, within, within an hour of finishing that meal. And my wife too. My wife's the same thing. She doesn't work in the first responder in fields. She works in, uh, in corporate and finance. And she says the same thing. Eating certain foods and especially staring at a screen definitely plays part into having fog and just not feeling like you want to do anything. Yeah. What are some, do you, do you look into food and what these people have put it into their bodies on a daily basis? Yeah. So it's interesting because um, we don't actually get into any nutrition stuff for quite a while when I'm teaching, because there's so many other elements to be diving in first to make sure that we're getting your body on track. Um, but the first thing to note is intermittent fasting. Studies are showing that intermittent fasting is not good for anybody who's in burnout. So they do show that for men, it's good once they're not in burnout, but they're starting to come up with some studies as well for first responders because it's a different life. Like all, all the studies that have been done on intermittent fasting are for civilians. And that's a very different lifestyle. So getting into the calories you need for females, intermittent fasting is, is needs to definitely be adjusted if they do want to, to um, go by, they need a modified intermittent fasting. Um, but it is not at all recommended for anybody in burnout. And it is rare for me to find a first responder who's not in burnout. So that's, that's definitely something where I would discourage um, from really any diets, just trying to be real and doing what you can when you can. Um, it's about balance and making sure that you are getting, you know, enough veggies in your day and making sure you're getting enough protein, but like, can't do it the way a civilian does it. Cause you don't know when a call is going to happen. So it could be something where, um, I, I know cops can do this. I'm not sure in your gear, do you have pockets that you can reach into or, you could even have a bag in your truck yeah. of it, something that can't freeze, can't heat up, you know, isn't going to smush. So you need something like that, that let's say that you were getting a meal ready and an alarm went off, then you're going to like, if it's possible, depending on how far you have to get to this call, that you can actually put some sustenance in you because you don't know how long that call is going to be either. Right. There are, I mean, gear might not be the best because, you know, you know what, you're, what you're doing with it, but uh, contamination, but it could be like nuts, you know, little packages of uh, almonds, and jerky, if you had to, yeah. stuff like that would be great just to keep something in your system. Just that's quickly on the way to the call, like, because you don't know. And that's the thing where when we start really diving into diets, there's no diet that would ever work for every friggin' situation. And when you start really worrying about the calories and what all of that is, then you're not, you might turn down sustenance. Like even if it is a chocolate bar, you may turn it down when it's the only thing you're going to get for the next hour or two. And that does again, play into your, your activity, your, how you react, how you respond, how you think. So if you need the chocolate bar, you, you might have to just suck it up and take it and not worry about, like I said, the calories and what you're putting in at that moment. So you don't, so you don't avoid, so you can try to avoid a bunch of burnout and, or 
exhaustion as possible to get you through what you need to get through. Exactly. So when it comes to nutrition, most of you guys are pretty smart. You know what's healthy, you know what's not healthy. You know how much your body needs. Where it gets a little tricky is when your body's being sensitive to foods. So that's where I like the whoop as well, is you can kind of tell too, if you start eating, let's say you decide on gluten, just check it out for a few days, eat gluten every single day and see what happens to your strain score. If your body's showing strain and the odds are that you are somebody who is sensitive that your body can't recover from gluten because not everybody is. So just getting on a fad for getting on a fad doesn't make sense. But we dive into as well, like you get into a lot of gut issues. So as we spoke about earlier, your nervous system becomes so strong, your stress nervous system. And when you are in a stress state, when you're fight or flight, you're like just in the middle of that fight or flight, your body doesn't need to stop and have a poop and you don't need to um, eat a meal. So that slows down, right? So those systems slow down. So every time you're going to a call, your digestion slows down, which slows down your stomach acids. And when your stomach acids slow down, you, your bad bacteria starts kicking in and when your bad bacteria starts kicking in, it takes over, starts causing some issues and your stomach acids are down, you, you start struggling to break down food. So some guys might struggle to actually be breaking down meat where they could have inhaled like a large T-bone steak. And now they can't have just a really small portion size of meat because they can't digest it anymore. But these guys then go to their doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you've got high stomach acid take some Tums and acids, or they put them on prescription proton pump inhibitors. And we see this all the time. Thing is, is nobody ever tested them to see if they have high or low stomach acid. And we have never in our program. So it's been 2018 that we started working with these guys. Never, ever have we tested anybody's stomach acids that they've tested high, not one. They're all low because long-term stress decreases your stomach acids. Thing two is when your stomach gets off, a bunch of your hormones go through that, that your stress system manages. And you also, um, uh, your serotonin. So that's your anti-anxiety hormone. 90% of that comes from your gut. So when you're starting to have gut struggles, um, which happens so often with that long-term stress because your stress systems, nervous systems kicked in, slows down that gut then it's really important to start looking at, at gut things. And that's where to start testing out what your triggers are, but also starting to heal things. You'll be able to tell from your data as well on your whoop, um, what's helping and what's hindering. That being said, for anybody who is going to try this on their own, sometimes your strain scores actually get worse when you start working on some protocols for your gut, um, because the bad bacteria is fighting it and is pissed off and starts causing problems. So it, but it really is understanding how to read that whoop data to understand, okay, this is working for you. And this is helping you. Like you're starting to get better sleeps. Your body's getting into what it needs to at night and your strain stores are going down as your gut starts healing more and more. And um, that's when we start getting guys off of the anti-anxiety meds, antidepressants and stuff is working all of the, like there's so many layers, so many layers to this so interesting especially with the gut i i love learning about the gut you know how the gut impacts your mental health based on how yeah. you get your sleep the type of food you put in and it's just so many variables that it's so interesting to me mm. you know that's why i, lo- I love having this conversation. just listening to you i'm sitting here I, I should ask more questions but you're saying so many things that i'm just like i'm just absorbing so much information and looking at the things that i'm doing in my life and I'm like, wow you know i just bought a book on on the health so I'm about to get into that one. Uh, Dr. Amy Shaw, she just wrote a book on, on good health. Uh, I can't remember the name of it though, but I just got it on Amazon. It's supposed to be a really good book talking about how to protect your gut, how to keep it healthy. And um, you really see so many different things that happen with the gut and how it triggers the whole body. It almost takes over your whole body if it's not in, in balance, not in line. 
Yeah, it's it, the thing though is to think of them all as like a working, like a working circle. So your nervous system kicks in anytime there's a stress. But if we think about these stressors, they can be anything. It can be a workout and it can be going to a call. It can be like totally on a high from loving doing something. Your body's going to be eliciting all those stress hormones. It can be finances, family stressors, like whatever you're worrying about can be health issues. So food sensitivities, sense like sense, synthetic fragrances, any of those things can start triggering your stress system to say, Hey, you know, there's a problem here and you need to, you need to, um, there's a stress going on. And then that slows down your gut, which starts creating more problems, which starts messing up the hormones, which your stress system is in charge of, which helps with cognitive thinking, memory, moods, um, cholesterol, blood pressure, detoxification of your body, like all of these things. And it just becomes this whole vicious cycle. So just taking care of one of them is not going to fix the problem. So if you start working on your gut, you might start making some headway, but if you're not training your resting system, your gut's going to keep getting into a stress state and you're going to get right back to where you were. This is such valuable information for everybody. Everybody. It's valuable for everybody out there. First responders of any kind. I mean, forget about the dispatchers. They're in that same boat and oh. you know, yeah. they, they're doing the same thing. I'm a burnout with the, with the uh, being at a screen all day. A friend of mine, he was a dispatcher for, for many years, and and now he's an FAA uh, flight coordinator for air traffic control. So his his stress level, he says he's always on high stress because you work for 20 minutes or so at a time, and you have to take a break because yep. of how stressful the job is. And he, he finds himself in burnout relatively quickly, and it's how they structure their days. You know, you start one day at a certain time, the next day you start later, and it keeps getting later and later to the end of the week, and then you get your weekend. Uh, so, and you get a certain amount of days off and you're back on and it's like the amount of stress you have to go through. It, it really takes a toll on your overall health and your body and, and everything you do, but you know, it's just, people don't want to talk about it and they don't want to get the help for it. That's part well, of the reason why I, I want to bring this to light more, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that we need to change is, is getting them to understand that this is just a physical part of taking care of yourself. Um, like you're an tactical athlete. So athletes have coaches for everything. They have personal trainers, they have, um, nutrition coaches, they have mindset coaches, they have coaches for everything. Um, they have like doctors, practitioners, all kinds of stuff. So why shouldn't first responders? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we do it our, in our firehouse. We have uh, our own doctors. We bring them in. They bring, us, they bring them in once a year to check us out, give us a full workup. But it's always encouraged to go back to your own primary care. And, you know, certain guys do other things. You know, we try to find ways to keep ourselves in, in good shape, in good health. And uh, we utilize the stuff, the resources in our town to help us out with that. Whatever it is, whether it's using the, the pool down the street that just opened up in the new center they built. Uh, so we have time that's actually allocated for us to go in uh, every, every few months. It's not all the time, but every few months we'll have a few hours that we're allowed to go in on a certain day and utilize it and just train whatever, any type of aquatic, aquatic stuff that we want to do. And guys love it. It really helps us becomes more stress-free and you kind of feel like a kid again, if you know what I mean. That kind of definitely helps to, to feel like a kid again when you get to do some of those things and just play. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So thank you for coming on. That's, that's really all. That's all I have for you. If you don't have anything else, is there anything you want to, you want to leave with any last words? Um, just that quite often what I hear is that everybody wants to help their colleagues. They want to help the others. And the thing is, is that just to understand is how can you help others if you're leading a team, if it's, if it's your teammates, how can you help them if you're not helping yourself first? So it really does start with you. And it becomes this compound effect that as you start making the changes, they start noticing it. They start asking you what you're doing. And that's when they're open to start maybe taking on some of what you're doing. And that compounds further and further and further.
So the best way that we can start decreasing burnout in services is to start with you. So who, if you who is listening right now, you are the one that can really impact your team, your service, and everybody around you by setting that example. Andy, this has been fun. It's been truly, truly inspiring. I could listen to this all day, but that's just me. I love this stuff. I love this nutrition stuff and this health stuff. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I appreciate the time. And if anybody wants to reach out or anything, they want to talk, want questions, want to be part of the program, what, what would they, how could they go about doing that? The best way would be my website. So 911 Lifestyle. Um, we have our YouTube channel. We have a podcast actually that's coming out uh, middle of June that'll be diving into all things burnout from the physical side. Um, and all of those things are, are, we have private Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. We're on most social channels. So all of that is available. You can see it all on our website. We also have a free training on our website about the anger. So it's a, a training just to really dive a little more into why anger hypervigilance um, really does rear its head with first responders and what you can start doing about it. It gives you actually um, one of the tips that I do use in my program that makes a huge, uh, it, it's amazing listening to these guys say like, holy crap, that helped so much. So um, just in, it, they can instantly start controlling that switch. So it teaches them how to start controlling that resting system. So that's all on 911lifestyle.com. And everything I was just said will be in the show notes, the link, contact, social media. So it'll all be in there for everybody to look it up. If you don't remember while listening, and again, Andy, thank you very much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. I hope everybody out there listening takes this information, learns from it, implements it in their daily life. Like we say at the Firehouse Tribune and in the book, The Five Proof Firefighter. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired. today's episode of the five tool firefighter podcast if you like what you heard and you want to hear more please subscribe to our podcast on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts also please leave us a rating and don't forget to pick up the book the five tool firefighter available on amazon at the firehouse until next time work hard stay safe and live inspired